Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today you are in for a very special guest. I met Jay because of a mutual friend on the Speaker's Lab. And Jay is a very special individual. He is a successful leadership development coordinator in the banking industry. Jay has trained and coached people and teams to help bridge the gap between beliefs and behaviors. Now, he comes certified. He is a Maxwell Leadership Certified Coach, a certified Grow Big at Business Development Facilitator, and a Seven Habits Facilitator. Now, he speaks to groups, real estate agencies, small businesses, financial institutions, and nonprofits about discovering their purpose and creating a culture based on their values. Now, he is a religious man. He's been in the ministry for 30 years, and he's worked with teenagers, community leaders, and foreign missions worldwide. Welcome, Jay Thompson. Thank you, Dr. Allen. I I'm going to have to pack you up and take you with me everywhere I go, because that was an incredible introduction. You made me sound a whole lot better than I than I really am. And so I if nothing else, I'm going to record that and put that on my website going, who is Jay? Well, listen to Dr. Allen talk about who the who who he is. So I appreciate, you know, it comes as a bit of a knack. I, I usually take stuff and distill it to make it better. And And the good thing is. All of this is absolutely true, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when people introduce me, I always say, uh, you know, that was a great eulogy. Uh, the rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> because it always sounds better than, you know, I've always said, no, I'm not that person. They're speaking about my eulogy, but that that's that's what it's all about. Jay, can you tell me how you got to where you are? Tell me a little bit of your background. Now, I made it sound like it was easy you got to where it are. But you and I know that to get to where you are, it, you've had to climb several mountains of adversity. So let's go through some of that mountain climbing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I guess where, you know, where my journey started and kind of who I am as a person um, really revolved around me was my family. Uh, for me, I consider myself very blessed with the mom and dad that I have. Um, I had an opportunity um, to grow up with an incredible brother as well. And like most of my friends, I was very, very different because my mom and dad married my entire life. Uh, three years ago, my mom passed away and uh, my mom and dad were married their, you know, my entire life. My grandparents, both sets of grandparents uh, have never gone through divorce or anything like that. And I, where I, so much influence in my life has come 
from the men and women who have been in my family and have been incredible mentors for me. Does that mean everything was easy? Does that mean that uh, life was uh, just sailed by? Absolutely not. As my grandfather would say, there were many times that my mom and dad had to jerk a knot in my tail because I had made poor decisions and uh, I had had the opportunity to um, um, reap the consequences of some of those poor decisions in my life. Uh, and But I did have people that loved me regardless and always wanted the best for me and it pushed me that way. And so uh, for me growing up, it was an incredible experience. I had um, uh, a mom who helped me stay grounded. I had a dad that helped me to understand that no task is too difficult uh, when it comes to life. And so um, I see with my mom and dad kind of a one-two punch of discipline and dreamer put together. And so they had an incredible influence on me. Um, growing up for me, sports was huge. I uh, loved to play baseball and football. I played other sports, but I played organized baseball and football. Um, and I love both of those, played them all the way through high school, uh, had a pitching scholarship uh, to go to college out of high school. I was in the top 10 in my in the county that I played in, in Georgia, in Cobb County, in pitching and in hitting. And I was going to go play at Georgia State University. Signed my scholarship with them, had everything paid for, except for uh, my food for four years. And two weeks after I signed, administration voted to drop the baseball program because they said it wasn't financially competitive. Uh, devastating for me because my my dream was to play Major League Baseball. And um, so that was one of those adverse things that I kind of went through to kind of show. Now, let's, let's put a spotlight on that. Yeah, that really crippled you at the time. But really, looking back at it, wasn't that one of the things that caused you to pivot into something better and greater? Yeah, that's a good word, pivot. Um, in the moment, that was not the word that I wanted to use. Uh, I wanted to use some other words that uh, uh, to describe that situation. But when it happened, it really did um, shut a door for me in my life of something that I want to pursue. But it opened up an incredible door, really two doors for me. And that was my other passion besides besides baseball was landscaping. And so I'd had a I've had a landscape business my whole life. I can't remember not mowing grass and picking up pine cones and blowing leaves and doing all of that. Even my uncle, uh, as I was in high school, invested in me and uh, saw potential there and bought me a trailer and all the landscape equipment to go and build a business. And so I pursued that as the baseball career uh, shut down. I was able to pursue that with a landscape architect architecture degree at Auburn University. And so that was one door that opened and also the door of ministry opened for me to be able to. Well, uh, this is what I want to emphasize. You know, when one door closes, the other always opens. You just have to keep your eyes open to see those doors. Hmm. Sometimes they're not evident. Sometimes they just aren't right there. But, you know, the thing is, those doors are always ready. And sometimes you got to develop a door. Sometimes you have to develop another path. But they're there if you let them be. Yeah, I, th- I think the challenge there is not, not to kick doors open, but wait for them to begin to open and step through those. 
Um, my grandfather, I, I, you'll hear me quote my grandparents often. My grand, both my grandfathers, Papa and JT, have been were instrumental in my life. And uh, my grandfather, Papa, sitting on the front porch, oftentimes we have these deep conversations. And Papa always told me he would say, "Jay, you cannot unplow a row." And what the the meaning of that is, uh, if I step into something too quick. It may not be right. It may not be the right time, the right situation. I may not be ready for it. And for me in my life, I've had to slow down, quote unquote, plow and row some time to wait for the doors uh, to reveal themselves for me to step through for sure. Yeah, that that's really important. And you got to let, well, you, you've said another thing that's brilliant. And I've always said this when I was a cosmetic doctor is that you know, how do people look so good? And I said, well, choose your parents wisely. <laughs> and, and they'd laugh at me. And I said, yeah, that's how you look good. Choose your parents wisely. You think these actors and actresses look so good just because they look good? No, they had good genetic material. And yes. if you are in a family, listen to your family. They have wisdom that you'll never be able to get. You know, my mother's family emigrated from the Ukraine at the turn of the century. They were sodbusters in Saskatchewan. Can you picture coming halfway around the world to work in some fields uh, without any cattle, without anything, and just making it happen? My God, living in a sod hut for decades before you could afford to put up a house? Wow, there is wisdom and stamina that I only can shake at. I, I mean, wow, there's so much there. My father came over from what was known as Czechoslovakia. It's now known as Czechia, which has gone through. So, and, you know, he came over at the age of nine, leaving, leading his brother and sister, who were five and seven, across the world. He didn't speak a lick of English. His, his father was already settled in Alberta. So he had to leave them. Why? He was the oldest child. Can you picture those things? All I can say is the things I've accomplished are only small compared to what my my parents and grandparents did. Yeah, well, it, you know, and I think the challenge is this. I want my kids, my grandkids, and my great-grandkids to say the exact same thing about me that you just said about your your family legacy, because because here's the deal: I may not be uh, uh, busting up sod and living in a sod hut. I may not be moving from one country to another, but I am living the life that I'm I've been given right now, and I I need to make sure I cut the sod that needs to be cut and travel and the opportunities that I need to travel, step through the doors that I need to, because this I think we underestimate the impact that our willingness to step into opportunities today, the impact that that has on our legacy moving forward. Exactly. And one of the things you do that's unique is you're deeply into hiking and you've walked many miles on the Appalachian trail Mm -hmm. and you've taken videos of yourself and you do a video while you're walking every day, getting in those steps every day. Why don't you tell others about the importance of this and the importance of this in your life? 
Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm 54 years old now. When I turned 40, I, I, I am ultimately in my life, I'm driven by a, um, I have to have a goal of something big in my life that I'm shooting for. That's what gets me up in the morning. That's what keeps me going. And so from a physical standpoint, I set a goal when I was 40 that I wanted to hike the entire Appalachian Trail before I turned 50. And so I started out, uh, it was the hottest day in July back in 2008. Uh, I'm on the Appalachian Trail place called Dick's Creek Gap. I'm about just under 70 miles back from Springer Mountain where the Appalachian Trail starts. And I was going to hike back to the start. My goal was to do that. I was there on my 40th birthday. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get after it. I had done a lot of uh, prep when it came to all of the getting ready, but I did not check all the weather. And so it was an incredible drought. It was tough to get water and all that kind of stuff. And so my 60, 70 mile hike turned into uh, about a 20, 25 miler. And I had to come get my wife had to come pick me up because there was just no water out there. And so, um, but it, that day that I started created in me a hunger to, to pursue something. And so I'm 54. I haven't totally completed. I've done 1700 plus miles. We just uh, are finishing up Vermont right now, me and my hiking buddy, Greg. And uh, I didn't finish before I'm 50, but I've, I'm going to finish. And so I'm excited about that. And it's so important to me because there's a lot of things that um, when you pursue, pursue a goal long for a long term, there truly, there are things you learn every step of the way. Uh, I say that on a lot of those little videos that I make is that the way you hike the mountain is you do it one step at a time. And I think too often um, we expect to set a goal, accomplish a goal immediately and do something else. And so I, I love it. I love being outside. I've always been adventurous when it comes to that. I love the, the not knowing exactly what's around the next corner or over the next mountain or down in the next valley and, um, just being out there where the only thing you've got is what you're carrying on your back. And there's just a challenge of being able to live that way for a couple of weeks when I'm out there hiking. Exactly. I, I love your analogy about taking life one step at a time. In fact, many times you have to take baby steps to get to where you're going. But those baby steps become giant steps when you let them. And it's amazing how in life, small hinges swing big doors. Mm. Think about that. Those tiny hinges swing those big doors. Without those small hinges, you would never get that big door open. Can you elaborate on that, sir? Yeah, I think for me is that just take last year when we were we were out on the Appalachian Trail. I think of a um, a moment for me was kind of an aha moment that I that I learned, and I have now translated this learning for myself into when I do business consulting with banks or different folks like that that I work with on kind of helping to create the culture that they desire. So I'm out, it's, it's, it's super wet up in the mountains and I'm walking all day long and the, 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 the little hinge that I learned, I guess would be this there, when you're walking in the, on, on the Appalachian trail, sometimes the whole path is nothing but a gigantic mud bog. 
And so what do you do? First of all, you're like, those are not easy steps. I mean, cause I've stepped in some of those and I've covered my foot and there's some of those I've gone up to my knee. I mean, they're, they can be deep and those are difficult steps. So I'm always looking for a way around that if possible to see if there's some more sure footing other places. Half of the day when I was hiking, I could find another way around the, the mud puddle. Sometimes I just had to walk through it. And so what does that mean? What is a little learning of that is that in life, wisdom comes from knowing which mud puddles to walk around and which ones you have to go through. And that sometimes the only way forward is you just got to get there and get your feet dirty and you got to put in the difficult, hard work. Sometimes it's realizing I see the depth of other people's difficult steps in front of me, but I see a better way around it. So I walk around when I can instead of having to walk through because I have gauged what those other steps before me are. And so I think that translate that from a, from myself, that little nugget, if you will, how do I swing that, that, small hinge to swing a door of opportunity. And what I do in other people's lives is I, I talk about that wisdom of discernment when it comes to uh, the choices that you make personally and professionally uh, in your organization. Yeah. I've always found if there's an obstacle, you have a couple of choices. One is you can go over it. Mm. Second one, you can go through it. A third one, you can go under it. Mm. Fourth one, you can go around it but you have no option but to get to the other side. And so you have to push yourself. And if you don't push yourself, you're not going to get to the other side. And that's where it takes intestinal fortitude. And that's where it takes it happen. If you don't make it happen, you're not going to get to that other side. Now that's stupid. You need to move forward. Remember, that's something you absolutely must do. Very true. And, you know, I think it's um, the only other option that you have is to sit there and just uh, dwell on an impossible uh, obstacle that you think is in front of you. And nobody nobody makes any progress when you do that. And so, I mean, I've just had an opportunity for me. Hiking is for me one of those things that I go out and I do because I find I find that it gives me a chance to clear my head. It gives me a chance to enjoy nature. Um, and it gives me a chance that here's the thing often in life, we don't always get to see the progress that we're making, you know, as you're working on a project or you're in a relationship or you're trying to learn a new skill. Sometimes we don't always see the progress. What I love about hiking is at the end of the day, I can look back and go, that was 17 miles that I accomplished today. And I can think back to every one of those steps uh, to be able to do that. And there's just something powerful about uh, getting out and kind of seeing visually in reality, seeing progress made. There's something encouraging about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the same time, I think we've got to do this all with a sense of humor. If we don't do it with a sense of humor, I think we're going to have a problem. And we got to do it with a sense of enthusiasm and tenacity and positivity. 
because those are the things that take you over those road bumps and they just become road bumps. If you look at every bump as a mountain, you're going to probably not get it done. But if you look at it as just a little obstacle, a little thing along the way, you will. And you know, I never lose. I either win or I learn something. That is the way to uh, become a wonderful, amazing person and to have a fantastic life. Yeah, very true with that. I think mindset plays so much into um where we're able to go in our life from a, from a success standpoint, I, you know, uh, one of the things I, I, I talk about is there's in our, in, in our life, there's things that we need to give up. And I think one of the things that holds so many people and organizations back is this, is they have a story that they're repeating in their own mind about themselves or their organization over and over and over. And it's really not a good story. It's not a, it's not a hero story. It's a tragic story. And cause they're like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't. And they, they, that's their story. And oftentimes that's the thing we've got to be able to give up is that I'm going to use your words, non-fantastic mindset. And we have to f- flip on that fantastic mindset of going, this is not happening to me, good or bad. This is happening for me. That's that, that little preposition change makes all the difference. I think when it comes to our mindset of moving forward over, over those obstacles that we face. You know, it's amazing how little things can make all the difference and you can make the difference. You know, I've said, there's two things that are important. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And the second thing is your perception of what happens is equally important. So don't let that jaded perception you have affect the reality that's there. Yeah. Why do we do that? Why do we let that, that negative thing hold us back? Why do we allow that, um, that viewpoint, you know, or that mindset to hold us back. And I think it's because we just, we get in this, this trap and this cycle of um, looking at things that it's going to be more negative. Just looking at things and seeing uh, the impossible things or the, the, the things that we uh, haven't been able to do in the past. And we project that moving forward. I'm a firm believer in um, all you got to do is tell me one time I can't do something. And you have just thrown the gauntlet down. I'm like, well, I am going to absolutely prove you wrong. I'm not only going to do it. I'm going to do it better than anybody else has ever done it. Now, do I always accomplish that? No, uh, I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm the best out there. But here's what I know. I I, I can only do my best. And, and we, we another thing that I, you know, in, in my spare time, my, my son-in-law and I coach a travel girl softball team of high school girls. And we just had our spring training with them. And we talked about there's two words, the word effort, right, and results. Only one of those words can be perfect. We can't always have perfect results, but we can give perfect effort every time. We talked about those two words. Only one of those is in our control. The results are not in our control. Our effort is. And so that 
I mean, that's what we're instilling in, in those young ladies right now is that we're not asking for perfect performance or results. We're just simply asking for perfect effort at practice, in the games, and in their lives. And oftentimes, you know, this is people that put in the perfect effort see pretty stinking incredible results. I love that, Jay. Jay, we're almost at the end of our time together. Can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and your world? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for the opportunity to let me uh, just connect with you again today. For me, if you want to get in touch with me and find out uh, who I am and, 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 and how I leverage the thought of hiking the mountain when it comes to organizations, to corporations, to banks, to and individuals, the uh, simplest way is just my email. It's jay at hikethemountain.org. That's just all one word, hike the mountain. Uh, you can shoot me an email or you can go to my website at hikethemountain.org. Uh, I think on the... Um, There'll be some links, I think, added to this uh, to the show today as well. Some of those, if you want to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. But uh, if you shoot me an email, I'll be more than happy to share my phone number with you. We'll get on the phone and talk if you and that kind of stuff. But uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me. If you want to um, find out a little bit more about who I am and what I do and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, how many times have you ever asked that question? Right? What do you do for a living? Um, you know, and, and I think that question is something, the way I would answer that is organizationally, I help, uh, I help get the values that are on a poster lived out in the hallways of the organization. And, and by that, as you mentioned earlier, bridging the, the gap between, which I think is the greatest gap in all organizations is what we say we believe and how we behave. And I think that is what real culture is, is, is the smaller the gap, the greater the culture. Jay, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this conversation today. I knew this was going to be sterling when we had our pre-call not too long ago. Thank you so much for sharing this with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. It is an honor, Dr. Lyka, to be on the on the call with you. And uh, I've listened to multiple episodes. When I go walking, my goal is 15,000 steps a day. I'm this month, I'm a little under that. I'm at 14,000 something. But um, when I go out and I go walk, I listen uh, to podcast and you're, you're, you're on my top 10 list of things that I listen to uh, and, and enjoy what you share. You have incredible guests and I always uh, listen and, and I'm able to walk away, no pun intended, with something pretty, uh, pretty, pretty fantastic that I can apply to my own life. Jay, I'm flattered. And ladies and gentlemen. If you're not happy, if your life is not perfect, go to my website, Dr. Ellen Leica, and sign up for a Golden Pearl each and every week, because there you will get some amazing advice that will change your life if you let it. For example, the Golden Pearl this week is Winston Churchill. We make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. Think about that and give something today that you wouldn't otherwise have. 
Bye for now and have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Bye.